Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Beer and Money as part of the uh, PWP Nation Network. Uh, you can check out PWPNation.com for a lot of great articles, editorials, uh, leading into WrestleMania and throughout the rest of the year. Uh, you can follow them on Facebook at PWP Nation, as well as the Facebook page, uh, Facebook.com slash PWP Nation. Uh, wow. Uh, I'm going to wait for Chris to get on because... Boy, do we have some stuff to go over. And I'm not even talking about the WrestleMania main event rumor for next year or Impact or, um, you know, anything else like that. So uh, I'm going to wait for Chris to get on, and then we're going to get going. Unfortunately, not as successful. Dennis Stamp had over 800 matches, none of them main events. Now an exterminator, he was the self-proclaimed king of the cockroaches. Are you coming to the show Thursday night? Uh, no, no, I won't be. Why not? I'm not booked, for one thing. And what really, what what really bothers me is, yeah, R.I.P. out to Dennis Stamp, uh, most famously known for the "I'm not booked" uh, line from. Um, Beyond the Mat, that was the name of the movie. So he unfortunately passed away since the last time we were on. So a big RSP to him. RIP to him, I should say, not RSP. And, uh, yeah, and here's a little something else that we're going to be talking about. So a bunch of other issues have come up, and, you know, and, yep, here's Chris. Chris, you there? Mm-hmm, I'm here. Okay, well, 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 instead of beer and money, welcome to Pornhub <laughs> um, and Brazers. Uh, you know, normally I would say we're brought by brought to you by PWP Nation, but apparently we're brought to you by, uh, you know, YouPorn and Vivid Video. <laughs> today. Wow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess I'll just um, start. So the past yeah, you, uh, you, two and a half months, I've actually been addicted to a website called Reddit. I've known about Reddit for a while, but I just never really paid attention to it. And um, this going to sound kind of silly, but, like, there's literally, like, a form for everything. 
on Reddit. Like, there's oh, a yeah. form for everything. So it got to the point where I would just go to the Google engine and just put in, like, Reddit random thing, and it would just pop up. Uh, how I started using Reddit is uh, I'm getting into a show called Young Justice, which was an animated show that came on Cartoon Network, and then it got canceled, and uh, it's coming back for season three. So I was binge-watching stuff on Netflix, and I was just like, hmm, where can I go to, like, get information? I put in, like, Young Justice on Wikipedia, and I just ended up, like, on this Reddit thread. And, you know, it's like I just clicked on it, and it was like as I clicked on it, I just found threads about other stuff like video game reddicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I saw this this dude had posted like this Logan review. It was like a person that saw Logan the movie, and he did like a, a review for it. And uh, the new Zelda game and the, and the Nintendo Switch that just came out uh, like about a week before the Switch came out, like stuff was leaking. So I was like, wow, like there's just a Reddit for everything. So I mean, yeah. and I Reddit's mean, good with spoilers too. I mean, Reddit had. The last Darth Vader scene from Rogue One right, up on, right. on it, like I think, like three or four days before the movie came out, right? Um, and it had some of the other pretty big spoilers from that mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, Reddit, you you can find anything on no, Reddit. Reddit. It, everything's there, yeah. So that was kind of like how it started. So I've only been using Reddit for about two months now. And what happened last week was, and uh, I'm not making this up, like it never occurred to me. Like, hmm, I bet there's wrestling stuff on here, too. Like, it's funny. Like, I'm just a wrestling fan, but I just, I never, mm-hmm. it never occurred to me never to check. Never two together. To check wrestling, you know, I guess because I'm already, like, a subscriber of PWI, so, but it doesn't hurt to have more information. So, I just went ahead and, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out what was going on with the New Japan Cup. And okay. some of the dudes, some of the dudes in the New Japan Cup I knew, so I just put in, like, Pro Wrestling Reddit. And then it led me to this place called, like, a Squared Circle Reddit. And it's, like, a forum that discusses, like, everything, WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, like, information about, like, releases and contracts and stuff like that. So I was just there about, uh, you know, I was I was about to go to sleep earlier because he messaged me, asked he was going to do a show, and I said, yeah, yeah. sure. And uh, it must have been, like, mm, like, 12, 15, and I was just about to just take a power nap. Next thing I know, I get a notification on my Reddit, and it's like leaked photo. I'm I'm not putting one to one together because obviously, if you see the words leaked photo on the internet, it's usually a nude. But when I saw the word leaked photo, I was thinking it was going to be like a poster for, you know, how sometimes they do posters for like a wrestling the show, yeah. right? But then they'll change yeah. the poster. That's what I thought it was. So then I clicked on it, and then I see a picture of Paige, and I'm like, huh? And I'm like, oh. And then it was like. Okay, well, that was random. Okay, just a one naked photo, whatever, or not even a naked photo. She was just which to put it in perspective, she has put these have been out there before, right? Um, photos, mm-hmm. you know. We'll get to, you know, but you know, a, a, a topless page photo with like the one boob and like right. her like winking or sticking her tongue out. There's been different variations of that picture out there for, I want to say at least two years. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You yeah. Know, again, no need to for concern yet. <laughs> right. So then that photo posted, and then it was like ten minutes later, another photo posted, and then five minutes after that, another photo posted, and I'm like, whoa! Like, it's like one of those things. It's kind of like one of those. It's like one of those Die Hard movies with Bruce Willis. Like Die Hard. Like it's like 
his character was just a regular cop, and it's just supposed to be a regular day at night shift, and it just turns into just one of those nights where, like, it's a domino effect of one thing mm-hmm. turns into another, and it's like, I wasn't fucking prepared for this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm relatively new to this whole porn internet thing. I never really was into it like that. So then I'm talking with Jay, and then Jay tells me this is this is called the fappening. I'm like, what's the fappening? And then he explains to me how, like, uh, last year there was a, a thing where a lot of celebrities yep. had their phones and computers hacked. And uh, uh, what's the chick's name? Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of her work. I believe, I believe her name is uh, Amanda Siegfried. She's an actress. She's got stuff Amanda that... Amanda Siegfried, Gen- yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, yeah, 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 right, Kate right. Upton was another one. Yeah. Yeah, so there's it, it another happening. Yeah, so there's another happening happening right now and, and Jay was telling me like it happens every year like in waves and he tells me like it's just random, like there's no mm-hmm. warning or anything, like one no. day you just log on and you're like, Holy shit, like where is all this coming from? So and then the person done sex tape, it's like, Wait, what? <laughs> right, right, you know, so so then the um the, so then uh stuff was leaking on Reddit and then 4chan and um, after all that happened, uh, the poster, who was, was remaining anonymous, was saying stuff that uh, there's going to be a sex tape that's going to be leaked. And, um, you know, then the sex tape leaked. Uh, I won't go into detail about that. You can find it on the Internet before it gets taken down. And uh, obviously the guy in the sex tape is Brad Maddox. You can see his face towards the end. Now, I remember a while back last year in 2016 with uh, – uh, Tech, uh, a good friend of the PWP Nation program, he does the Under the Mat Radio, which is the Baltimore-based podcast. They actually had Brad Maddox uh, on the show, and uh, we talked to him for about 20 minutes. He was a cool guy, and I do remember him briefly saying that he did date uh, Paige at the end of the interview. I was kind of mm-hmm. one of those things. So you can see Brad Maddox's face like literally towards the end. Um, Right now, my suspicion, my the first thing I'm suspecting is the this just has revenge porn written all over it. If anyone's not familiar with revenge porn, revenge porn is like when you date someone, it goes south, and out of bitterness, out of spite, you you post something online like a photo or a video or something. It has revenge porn written all over it. This looks like something you see. Like I'm not trying to be funny or sarcastic, but there's like Lifetime movies about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sometimes like on Saturdays, yeah, no, you're and Sundays. Right. You, you're 100 percent right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they show like marathon movies of this a lot of times, like in yeah. February and March. This just has revenge porn written all over it. Uh, apparently, there's more stuff that's yet to be released. Um, I know another one of my favorite actresses. I believe her name is. Uh, Emma Stone. I didn't care yes. for the I didn't care for the Amazing Spider-Man that much, but I did like her as um what was the character she played? Uh, uh not, Gwen Stacy. Yeah, yeah, Gwen Stacy. Right. I remember uh, after her performance and Gwen Stacy had had went went well. I remember hearing rumors that uh, there was like a sex tape of her, and uh, some guy was threatening to uh, to leak it to ruin her career. So it's like a lot of times what happens, and this is just real life. What happens is people will hold stuff on you, and they'll just keep it for like two, three, four years, mm-hmm. and then they'll just release it randomly, like with no warning at all, just to screw you over. So obviously in her case, someone had a video of Emma Stone. I don't know if the video still exists or not, but Emma Stone was always kind of like, I won't say she was underground. She would do like smaller roles, but that Amazing Spider-Man was like kind of her first 
really big kind of mainstream role. And then as soon as the movie gets released, all of a sudden the threats of I'm going to release this video happens. It's just like that sometimes. And that's clearly what it is for Paige. What I don't get about why now, but since Jay, Jay was explaining to me that during this happening, it doesn't matter. Like he was explaining to me like just random he, he was. He, he yeah, told me it, like it's, it's not like oh, I'm gonna page is hot right now, so I'm gonna put this. It's just okay. Who am I gonna post today? Uh, page, Emma Stone, and Gwen Stefani. That's it. Like there is no yeah. real rhyme or reason to it. Mm-hmm. It's just like indiscriminate, random. Yeah, you know, like, just, okay, just, you're up. Yeah, you know. So that's kind of what's going on. Uh, this stuff is online. Uh, I don't want to you know, talk about that, that in too much detail. All I can say is uh, Google's your friend. There's numerous uh, pages talking about it. Uh, Paige actually posted on her Twitter about an hour after the first photo had leaked, and she said that her Instagram had got hacked from her. So apparently something happened with her Instagram account. And uh, now I'm not an Instagram person, but my girlfriend is. She loves Instagram. And uh, sometimes she explains to me that, uh, and again, this is just – Technology, you know, technology. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of behind on the technology, but to those that don't know, uh, we have something now called cloud saves. So a cloud save is that's the worst thing. That's yeah. what it is. It's yeah. not even so much your accounts like your Twitter or your Facebook or your Instagram, whatever. It's it's the actual. It's the fact that everything gets saved now, and that's what the problem is. If I post something on Twitter. Okay, and I, I turn around, let's say in the heat of the moment, I, I post a picture, whatever, of me giving the middle finger. You know, I should be able to go to Twitter, ah, you know what, I'm going to delete the post. Now the problem with all this cloud shit is even if I delete it from Twitter, I delete it from my phone, I delete it from my Instagram, Facebook, whatever, it's saved. So if someone ever, you know, wants to turn around and say, hey, what what can I get on, oh, here's this picture of John giving, you know, the finger to somebody, you know, three years ago, it's there. That's the problem. Yeah, no one's safe. It was crazy because I was, the thing about it was there's, Caden uh, uh, and Jay and a few others, I sent them a link to uh, 4chan, uh, which is another crazy site that I stay away from. Mm-hmm. And uh, 4chan is mostly used for, like, uh, video game and movie spoilers. And, and people were posting um, photos of uh, of just you know the different stuff from page, and then people started posting photos of of other like you know leaked photos and stuff. Now you know me like I'm a big comic fan and I like to watch the CW and the Flash and Arrow mm-hmm. and stuff. They have uh, the the chick that plays Laurel uh, on uh, the Arrow. She's got a photo on there too of her doing a sexual act. Now I'm just bringing this up just to let the listeners know of how random it is. Like, okay, yeah, it's, so it's literally, <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason. There really is not. There is no method, you know, proverbial method to the madness. There, there, there's really not, you know. Just, so anyone who tries to sit there and says, "Hmm, I wonder who, who's next," you won't. It's impossible you, to predict. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you end up being right, it'll literally be just out of dumb luck. Hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, kind of what's going on. Um, as far as the repercussions of what it means, well, obviously, you know, hacking. There is, won't be any. It sucks, this, obviously. You know, let let just just for full disclosure to put everything out there, the early speculation was before it came out that this was a hack. We were all talking about it. 
that hmm, maybe Paige is trying to get fired. You know, putting this stuff out there, figuring, you know, the company would be like, what the hell are you doing? And trying to get fired. But it, it's obviously not not the case. And they're not going to hold her responsible. You know what comes of this? You'll, you'll get a memo on Monday at Raw to all the divas saying just, you know, you know, oh, be careful, you know, you use judgment, you know, before you do something with, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, any repercussion, I, I don't think is, I, I can't see it, especially with the other two names rumored to be involved in this as far as what could be coming. And I just, I can't, if, if, you, if you don't do something to one, you can't do something to any, you know. So. Well, I don't think the pictures will get Paige in trouble, but I think the... The tape might be a little awkward um, for for Paige's future in the company. Um, you know, yeah, the future was already awkward, though. What, what, yeah. You know, I mean, listen, you know, he, he you know. Is Brad he, Maddox he, is gone, right? He's not with them anymore, Yeah, Maddox, right? Maddox is, was quietly released. Okay. They, I don't even think they announced it. It was just one of those things where, like, they quietly moved him to the alumni section. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess Maddox is gone. Um, okay. You know what? The, the tape thing is hard. You know, it, it, it really is. You know. Right, you know, because a lot of people have you know, uh, I, photos. You I know, mean, you know. listen, you know what? Paige and Maddox, you know what? They were on the road together, and you know what? One night in Tupelo, you know, someone decided to pull out a camera and have some fun, and, you know. You know, thinking it was going to stay between the two of them, I I don't think that hurts. I I, I don't think that does. Oh, I you know, man. I'm I'm really, this is why like I stay away from. I mean, I'll get on the I'll get on the computer, but this is why I've never ever been a phone person, especially today. Yeah, it's you know, <laughs> I I can't see. If I mean I mean, listen, with all her other bullshit, if 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 someone turned around and said, all right, you know what, <laughs> it's just enough. Okay, that that's that's different, you know. But you know, just to sit there and say, ah, she, she, you know, she had a sex tape with her boyfriend at the time, that would be wrong. But if, if you want to tell me with all the other shit that's gone on the last six months to a year with her, then I could see it. But you know, that might just be somebody who makes decisions, just kind of getting lucky and falling their way into getting rid of her. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think she, I, it seems like she's, like she wants to leave anyway. I heard that's what her mindset seems to be. Yeah, she wants to be with him and, you know, she'll, I'll, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm surprised she hasn't turned around and just, done something to fail a third wellness test. That's mm-hmm. the only thing. As much as it, as it makes you think, you know, as much as we sit here and we say, yeah, she definitely wants out, she definitely wants to go, you have a way out, technically, because she's a two-striker. Just turn around and do some ecstasy with Del Rio and <laughs> get – no, no, no. I, I know it sounds funny, but, you know, get tested and fail or – oh, I can't take, I don't know, you know, Metabolife. Well, I'm going to write it, and I'm going to take a Metabolife. 
you know. Well, since that, we're talking about. <laughs> you know, that, that's the only thing, and, and we'll wrap up on her in a second, but, like, that's the only thing, like, like, why? Mm. Why not? You know, is it because of the movie? Is it because, you know, I is guess. it because, you know, as much as she wants to be with Del Rio, is it possible that maybe she's not convinced on where TNA would be in a year? You know? Uh, I'm sure Rock is a, Rock seems to be a, uh, a reliable person, so even if she wasn't with WWE, I'm sure Rock would still help in the process of filming yeah, the movie. But you, yeah, but, but at the same time, movie, you couldn't get that movie done. Yeah, it's probably in the easier scope with the WWE under the WWE banner, like right. you know that. So, sometimes you, it just comes down to uh, like you can trust people. Like one thing that I thought was cool was when a. Uh, was when Stephen Amell did the thing with Stardust, and, you know, they set up, they planted the seeds for the Arrow show, and then by the time it aired, Cody was gone from WWE, but uh, Stephen Amell and the CW crew, they still advertised him as a former WWE superstar, Cody Rhodes guest starring in the episode, so yeah, that's, an, I mean, that's an example of, like, even if things go south, uh, they'll still advertise for you. So in Paige's case, as long as she's with the WWE, uh, it probably makes filming for the movie easier, Though I feel like Rock is a pretty reliable guy, and even if she oh, wasn't, no, he would I'm probably saying, help. I'm just, I, I wonder why she hasn't, if she wants to leave that bad. Hmm. You know, and, and, and this, this was going on even before the idea of the movie came up. Why is she not gone yet? Well, you maybe, know, that, maybe they think, maybe the, internally they think that she'll come around. Maybe. But if she, no, no, I, yeah, you know, it could be that, but I'm just wondering, like, from her perspective, if she wants to leave so bad, you know, you go to Rite Aid, you take the wrong supplement, you fail a test. You know, how many times have we heard that, that, you know, man, all I did was I took a, you know, I thought I was taking a, a supplement and I got popped on a test. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's something there as to why she won't, you know, if she wants out that bad, why won't she pull the trigger? Probably a combination of just, she probably has a lot of friends there, firstly. Uh, she's probably attached, since it's the first company to give her a mainstream yeah, she, exposure. She, she's she's attached to Del Rio more. She's like, hmm. and we've talked about this a million times, she's yeah, we'll like have to see. scarily we'll have to see. attached to him. Well, we'll have to see. Well, since you brought up the Rio, there's a... Uh, a good transition. I was able to uh, watch a little bit of some of the newer stuff. Of uh, I guess I'll, I'll be respectful now, and I'll just refer to them as uh, Impact Wrestling, since they don't want to be called TNA anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. I checked out some of their new stuff. Um, the new product, there's uh, a lot of good. There's a, there's a few good things. There's a lot of unusual things, and, and there's one kind of glaring bad thing. I'll just address the elephant in the room. The, yeah. the big elephant in the room is the Josh Matthews thing. Um, you know, you never want to have a – when WWE had Michael Cole do his heel thing in 2011, you never want to have one of your main commentators bicker with the other commentators. It's not entertaining television because mm-hmm. when you do that enough, what it does is it actually takes attention away from the matches oh, yeah. and the storylines going along. It was dumb when WWE did it. It wasn't a good idea. And even though, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry it happened to him, but the truth of the matter is is that heart attack Jerry Lawler yep. had 
actually yep. saved them because well, they're kind of yeah, quietly I, I, doing I know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm thinking the that was the best thing that could have happened to that whole dynamic. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of quietly turned cold face, and after that, they kind of chilled off on that. So uh, I always liked JB. I remember, like, I forgot when it was. I, it was like a – oh, I know what it was. It was uh, that random um, – it was like one of those Destination X pay-per-views. It was like 2011 or 2010. I remember JB and Mike Tanay were doing commentary for a show, and it was good. I, I thought JB mm-hmm. was very good on commentary. So when he said that Mike Tanay had trained him, you know, I believe him. So, I do. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, JB's good, and I'd be willing to give it a shot if it was Pope and JB, but the whole Matthews-JB uh, thing is weird. The one thing I've noticed about Matthews is, I don't know if this is on purpose or, or what, but I've noticed, like, when guys like Lashley uh, and EC3, I guess the, I guess you could say the top guys at the company, when, when a Lashley... His hmm? puberty voice? <laughs> right, right. It's like when Lashley's out there... He actually sounds normal, but then it's like of everybody else, he just sounds really annoying no, or it's a, whatever. It's, pub- it's the puberty main event voice. It's, <laughs> hey, I'm Josh Matthews, and oh, my God, it's the Destroyer, Lash Leslie, and EC3 in the main event. Tell me. No, 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 you laugh. Go back. Go watch. Don't watch these two because these two are a bad example, but go watch some of the older impacts. Throughout the show, listen to his voice. First segment, second segment, third segment, fourth segment, and then listen to him in the main event. It sounds like he's going through puberty. Mm. You know? Well, I don't, I don't well, like it. Yeah, it's, it's weird. They definitely got to uh, chill on that. It can't be a long-term thing. Um, there's, a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of new talents. I, I don't mind new talents. The one thing that I – and I see TNA start – I'm sorry. Ah. Impact Wrestling is starting to do what Lucha Underground and, and NXT does, and I guess this is becoming a thing. Lucha Underground started it, and then NXT started doing it. Now Impact Wrestling is doing it, and I appreciate when companies do this, but they really got to stop. They got to tone down on this because it's really hard for a casual fan. It's when someone new shows up, and you don't even say who the person is because you just assume the fans know. I appreciate that because when you do that, you're really showing that you're catering to a wrestling fan. But if you're a casual fan that doesn't follow the indies, you're like, who is this person? And and these new TNA or Impact Wrestling tapings, it's like they have new backstage interviewers. They have, like, new teams. Some some of the teams, JB, will casually mention where they're from, and then some of the teams, they don't say anything. Like, right. there's this one team from the Crash promotion. Like, I've heard of Crash. I've heard of them. And then um, there was, like, a little segment – there was one cool little video package they showed of uh, Moose and uh, Eddie Edwards and James Storm going to uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. Noah. So that's good. That's something that should get, like, uh, TV attention. Uh, Noah has always been one of the lesser-known regions in New Japan. And so if you implement some of those dudes on uh, Impact Wrestling, it gives them exposure. It gives the region exposure while at the same time giving Impact Wrestling a new place to go. So that, that works out. That's actually a pretty beneficial uh, relationship. Um, Cody comes out with the GFW next-gen title, and they really yep. dropped the ball on that because, like, on the first episode, uh, Cody comes out with the belt, and they don't they don't actually acknowledge what the belt is. On last nope. night's episode, 
they did casually mention what it was. So it's like you should have mentioned, like, if Cody's, like, even though it's annoying, like, I, I get why people hate JBL, but when someone debuts or if someone has credentials, JBL, it's, it's annoying. You know, he doesn't need to go over all the accolades. But, but he'll put it over. He'll put it over. You know, so when AJ Styles shows up, he'll say, oh, this guy is a former two-time IWGP heavyweight champion. Or when Nakamura shows up, he's going to say Nakamura is a former three-time IWG intercontinental champion. You know, he doesn't have to go through all the credentials, but JBL does at least explain to the viewer who this person is, where they've been, what titles they've won. So Cody Rhodes is coming out with the GFW title, and it's like I'm, I'm expecting JB or, you know, Pope or someone to explain, okay, what's JFW to the viewers that don't know? What's this next-gen title? What does it mean? Like, just nothing. Just a total... And just... I'll be honest with you, not even so much with Cody, but, like, the... What's your, what guys are those? Reno Scum. Yeah, Reno Scum. Tell me who they are. Mm-hmm. Tell me what, what those belts are that they're wearing. You know, give give me some backstory on them. It's all over the place. Like it's like the, the show starts with with a current feud with like Eddie Edwards and Davy Richards. So if you are a fan that watches Impact Wrestling regularly, you see that and you're like, okay, continuity, awesome. Then the next, right, okay. then the next segment you see Reno Scum, and you're like, who are these guys? Then the segment after that, the segment after that, it's like Andrew Revit and Trevor Lee. And it's like, okay, cool. These guys have been here all along. Yeah. Then the segment after that is EC3, and then here comes El Patron. And you're like, okay, well, obviously, I'm pretty sure you know who El Patron is, even if, you know, because he's a WWE Mm -hmm. guy. But I'm just using this pattern as an example. It's like their segment. No, you're right. It's like. One segment is with established talents, and the next segment is, like, with new talents. So it almost seems as if, like, I'm not trying to be funny here, but it's like the so far, and this isn't a bad thing, but it's like right now Impact is a crossover. It's like they got talents from GFW. They got talents that are already there. They got talents from lesser-known promotions like Crash, and very soon you're going to see more talents from AAA and more talents from NOAA which is fine because it's going gonna, it's gonna to inject new life and impact wrestling, I will applaud them for their logo. I like the little thing they do during the, uh, like when they come back from a commercial break. I know it's kind of cheap, but the little thing in the middle of the ring, the little impact wrestling laser thing, like you, that's simple stuff like that they used to do Fuck back in the owl. 90s. <laughs> yeah, except the owl. <laughs> you know, I, I have vague memories of like as a kid watching yeah. superstars Superstar, on Saturday. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. right. You know, I, even I like Raw that. Even in the beginning, even Raw, yeah. would have that spinning WWF. Yeah, logo. I miss I miss stuff like that. We need yep. more stuff like that. Uh, in, in random fact: the last WWE pay per view that had a logo in the ring was WrestleMania 12. Don't ask how I know that, <laughs> but it had the WrestleMania. Wow, okay. So right, yeah. So I'll put them over for that. So visually. Visually, they've done a lot to change the brand. I wasn't bored watching the show, so that's good. I wasn't bored watching it. It wasn't a bad show. It's just kind of all over the place. As far as uh, uh, Alberto El Patron, I'll leave it at this. Um, What they're doing with him, and uh, oddly enough, uh, this was was something that kind of offended a lot of TNA fans. Uh, I guess you could say the folks that watch on a regular basis. And, you know, a lot of folks are going to be like, oh, you know, it was TNA, it's not a big deal, whatever. Well, EC3, he's never he's never tapped out before, and he had his first mm-hmm. submission defeat 
to uh, Alberto, so they kind of fed him there. Um, to me, the there weirdest was, well, let me part. Tell you there was a lot of people last night that were that kind of already said they were tapping out on this because you know what? You could dress a pig up a different way, put a different shade of lipstick on it, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's still a pig, and that's what. You know, I'm sure that wasn't their intention. I, I would like to hope not, but that's what. It, it seems like they've been doing a slow burn to a heel turn for for a while with EC3. Yeah, but it's, it's not about that. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to come back out of the new year with him turning heel. Like when he had that match with Eddie, that match with Eddie screamed of him coming back as a heel and taking the title from Eddie. Mm-hmm. The the problem with EC the EC three situation last night is, and it's it, it, it's a rough spot for Del Rio to be in. But you you take a look at that from last night. All right, last week, I don't know if people really look at Lashley as a TNA guy. Although you should. At the end of the day. Everything point, he's done in at, TNA, compl- and not that he had a bad WWE run, mm-hmm. but everything he's done in TNA surpasses, you know, mm-hmm. at, at what this he point, did I do. I, I look at him as a TNA WWE. guy at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, so, all right, whatever. You, you had to do the, the funky ending last week. Okay. But, yeah, a lot of people were down on the fact, and like you said, he had to tap him, you know. Like he a lot just, of people he, he were down just on used it. Used that kick or whatever he does um, sometimes. The, the you know, problem is the weirdest part with, to me. The weirdest part to me was the. Uh, I, I like what they're trying to do with some of the stuff, but I'll be honest. I, I've heard some stories about this guy, and I've heard some less than um, complimentary backstage experiences. I see they're trying to do. They're trying to bring back that cornet vibe. Remember how Cornette used to do like the state of TNA addresses and stuff? Mm-hmm. They're they're doing with little Bruce segments. Pritchard. Yeah, they're doing the segments with Pritchard and, and Dutch Montel. Now I like Dutch. I've heard very good things about Dutch. Yeah. But I've I've heard very But just as fast um, I was just gonna say that. For all the good you hear about Dutch, Bruce Pitcher Pritchard is a fucking douchebag. Yeah, so the thing about about Pritchard and Dutch that really weirded me was in the first episode Really like Dutch and uh, Bruce kind of cut the same promo in different parts. Uh, I feel like you could have cut that on but two Bruce different shows. But Bruce came off more heelish. Yeah, he did come off more heelish. Whereas and, Dutch and Dutch came back like Dutch came off more like you know what I've been here. I had to leave, but you know what? I want to come back and I want to help this company grow. Dutch Pritchard found it more genuine of the two. Yeah, Pritchard came off like this company can't do shit without me. Yeah, you know, I, I, like, I've heard like, some less than positive stories about him. So, um, from what I heard, uh, I remember one of the original negative stories I heard way back in the day. I have no clue. I can't prove this or not. But I, I know there was a rumor that when Hogan first came in, there was an angle to have him destroy the six-sided ring. And mm-hmm. apparently it didn't go over well. well. They did like some experimentation with it. Like in, I guess, some dark segments after Impact would go off, and it didn't go over well with the fans. So instead, I believe they just quietly killed it off and had a four-sided ring. Yes, yeah. they had a pay-per-view. They did the mm-hmm. TV tapings, 
And then there was the first pay-per-view. I think it was what? It was Genesis, whatever the January pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Genesis, yeah. And all of a sudden, it was, wait, why is that four-sided ring in, in, in here? Yeah, the story that I heard was that when they were going to get rid of the um, of the six-sided ring, pretty much like all the all the writers or people that had like creative power were against it, and the one person that was for it was like Bruce Pritchard, and I was kind of like, okay. I remember reading that back then. And I was mm-hmm. like, if that story is true, he's probably just trying to get on the good side of Hogan and Bischoff for his career so he can get promoted. He, just didn't, or... he didn't see the point of it. Pritchard did not see the point of it. He did not see what the cause was for it, wh- why it was relevant. He he never did. He uh, never understood what that thing was for. He he never did. Yeah. And that that was the pro- that was what it was with Pritchard, which is which is fine. But yeah, Pritchard's. Pritchard's a, a douchebag, from what I've heard. I've heard that from a lot, a lot of people too. That, you know, no, I heard nobody in in WWE really cried when, when he left. finally <laughs> left. I, I, yeah, and that, and that's and he's been around for a while. I mean, the one thing you got to give Pritchard is he does have all the longevity he talks about is one hundred percent true. There's no denying that, but the general feeling is is that. Just because you've been around forever doesn't make everything you say fucking gospel. And apparently, mm-hmm. he w- does not understand that. That well, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you're Bruce Pitchard, but you, it is possible for you to be wrong. Now to transition on Alberto Elpatron, I got first of all, I'm going to say two things about him. I'm going to reveal the actual. Uh, we've talked about it before, but I'll mention it one last time to clear that up. I'll talk about that situation, and then I'll talk about, like, really what his push is about. Um, when he left WWE the first time or when he was let go because of the incident, with, you know, the backstage personnel and all that, he went to Lucha on the ground, he went to AAA, and he went to Ring of Honor. And uh, he went under his real name, El Patron. And uh, when he left the first time, I thought that he fit in very well in Ring of Honor, and he fit in very well in uh, Lucha on the ground. Uh, he definitely gave off the same vibe that guys like Christian did when did he, he left. Ever, did he ever give back the AAA title? I believe he dropped it to somebody before. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, and uh, when he when he left, when he showed up in Ring of Honor, when he showed up in Lucha and those places, uh, he seemed motivated and happy. It was like a weight had been lifted off of his shoulders. And, and when he left that first time, I was like, okay, like that's where he should be. He was he, mm-hmm. He, that's where he is. I remember, like, um, and I'll give him all the credit, and I'll give Ring of Honor credit as much, uh, you know, slack as I get them. When he showed up in Ring of Honor, that was when Jay Briscoe was the champion, and he said, like, this is Ring of Honor, the best wrestlers are here, and you know, I'm here to fight the world champion. And then, you know, Jay Lethal came out, and that was when Lethal was doing the TV title thing, mm-hmm. where he was like, you know, I'm the real world champion. And then they did the Rio versus... Uh, Lethal, and then, you know, El Patron pretty much, like, the same segment he just did with EC3, he did it with Lethal, where he was like, no offense to you, but you're not the world champion, I'm not here to fight you, I'm here to fight the world champion, and Lethal, like, Mm -hmm. slapped him, and said, oh, you don't have any cojones, and, you know, they had, so they had a match, and and I remember, I was worried, because I was like, wait a minute, the real is a a big WWE name, you know, he's going to go out there, and he's going to kill Lethal, but to his credit, Lethal beat him clean. And um, after that, he he went on to Lucha Underground, and he had half matches with guys like uh, Pentagon Junior. and and Prince Puma and Phoenix, and 
you know, he, he lost. He put them over. So when he left the first time, I was like, okay. Like, he, he had something. And what most fans don't know is that he was actually going to go to TNA back then. He was. He was going to go to TNA. That was his plan. Uh, he's been very positive about one of the main reasons why he wanted to go to TNA was because of the schedule. It was lighter. And the style, according to him, the style for TNA is not as intense as uh, as Ring of Honor. So it's not as intense on his body. But at the same time, he can do a series of tapings and still be with his family or whatever. And that was when he was married. So he was going to go to TNA. And what happened was um, Triple H approached them with a deal to come back to WWE. And as we said before, Triple H... Uh, I don't know if the deal was a lowball deal, but whatever the deal was, it wasn't satisfactory. It wasn't Dario wasn't feeling the deal, so he was like, whatever. So then Triple H went back and told Vince I couldn't get him, and so then Vince was pretty much like, fuck it, I'll get him. And so then Vince offered Dario a, a different deal, and then Dario he took it. And I feel like that this is something that's lost in the shuffle by a lot of fans. A lot of fans are shrugging over this, and they shouldn't, because this story right here confirms. That even though Triple H is, you know, doing his his duties as a CEO and he's recruiting people and he's giving folks contracts, the fact that Vince got the real to come back, this is proof that when Vince wants, he'll recruit mm-hmm. somebody himself. And people forget that because now fans are just thinking that Triple H is in charge Triple of everything. H, yeah. But if Vince wants to, he can go behind Triple H's back and gives him a different deal. Now, the impression that I've been under, and we've yet to hear Dario talk about this, and I imagine he'll do another U-shoot very soon with you know, the Oliver guy who does the U-shoot videos. But from what I understand, Vince basically gave Dario a deal he couldn't refuse because Dario was very dead set on going to TNA. Like mm-hmm. he, was, he was about to call Dixie and make the deal done. And I it remember was, he was, it was heavily rumored he was going to debut on that first episode on Pops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Vince gave him like a, a a deal that couldn't be done, and apparently we haven't heard an official confirmation, and so we just have to wait for Dorio's next U shoot because he's a very um, he's a very he's yeah he, he will he's not blunt. hold anything back yeah 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 he's not the kind of guy to just blow shit out of his ass, but he implied because um, I remember when they did that rumble there was like a little short little interview that he did, and he implied that Vince had gave him a really big deal. And when you look at what happened, you know, that was when John Cena was doing the the U.S. Open Challenge thing. It was one of the more entertaining parts of 2015. It was very good. Uh, he was fighting guys that he would normally never fight in competitive matches. And at the time that Cena was doing his U.S. Open Challenge, what fans were excited about was who was going to be the guy to eventually yep. beat him and take the belt off of him. And so for Dorio to just show up randomly at a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view and to beat Cena clean in like nine to ten minutes, mm-hmm. I've always been under the impression, and we've got no confirmation of this, but I've been under the impression that Vince probably told Dario, he probably promised him a big money match, we're going to give you a title run, because he promised Batista the same, you know, because when Batista was in negotiations, they promised Batista a Roma victory, they promised him a WrestleMania main event, they said, we're going to put the title on you and all this other things, and obviously that's not what happened. But that's what Batista was promised. Batista mm-hmm. said that. Punk said that. Brian said that. So three different people have all confirmed that Batista was promised different things by Vince. So I think what happens is, is that sometimes Vince, 
he might make promises and may not live up to them because it's the wrestling business, plans change. So I think that Vince most likely, he probably promised the real some stuff, and then by the time the real got there, plans changed. They had him with Zeb Coulter. They were doing the League of Nations. And really well, not only just, that, I, I think what hurt Del Rio was Cena getting hurt right after he came back. Mm-hmm, they, did right. that, they did that the, uh, that last roar of the year. It was Cena's coming back, and he's going to get his U.S. title rematch. And I think Cena won by DQ. Like, I think Del Rio, like, kicked Cena in the balls or something. Like, one of those deliberate DQ things. And you would think Royal Rumble's right around the corner. WrestleMania's not too far off. Maybe they'll do a big Del Rio-Cena program. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that was the problem. Cena got hurt, and they rushed him into Kalisto. They rushed him into the league in the end. It just that that was it. Yeah. You know, I, I that, that see, that's the one thing Vince gets a bad rap for. Is that it's not even so much that plans change, but sometimes and and we're, I want to use this to segue into something that had everybody and their mother freaking out yesterday, ready to jump off fucking rooftops. You can't control what's going to happen tomorrow much less three months or six months or 13 months down the road. So, you know, what what sounds good right now, you know, might, you know, might not pan out. I think Del Rio Cena would have went at least until the February pay-per-view. Fast lane, if not into WrestleMania. I, I really think it would it, it would have. I really do, because they had a rush Kalisto, and he had two good matches with Kalisto, but then Kalisto was in the the you opener with Ryback with like three people in the building, and Del Rio was in that six man with New Day, so you know mm-hmm. things as far might have as, changed uh, that it, weren't. As far as, like, why, why these companies like the real so much, and I have to explain this to to people sometimes. Um, the reason why companies like the real, I mean, he's very talented. Um, I like him from an in-ring perspective. He's one of those guys, though, that needs a little bit of smoke and mirrors to protect him. When they brought him in WWE, his first run, um, like, it's, it's so hard now because it's 2017. Man, damn, time just is just flying by. But... When he first showed up in SmackDown, like, words can't describe what a breath of fresh air he was mm-hmm. because everything about him was different. Um, the, first of all, they gave him the vignettes. And I can't express mm-hmm. how good the vignettes are, and that's something that WWE has just completely abandoned. They need to go back to vignettes. I remember when they were doing the Dario vignettes, they were doing them for almost two months. Vignettes yeah. are great. When you do vignettes, you're getting the fans familiar. I always use Val I think they Venus. started, like, right after SummerSlam, mm-hmm, they and they did. went right into almost Survivor Series, if not at mm-hmm. Survivor Series. Yeah, the, vign- the vignettes were, I were always awesome. Use, I always use Val Venus as my go-to example for how good vignettes are. Even though Val Venus's entire gimmick was a parody of, like, 70s and 80s porn, they showed vignettes for Val Venus for like two straight months. And so mm-hmm. when he finally debuted, the fans popped because they knew who yep. he was. They yep. did the same thing for Edge with the little mysterious guy yep. in the crowd. You know, yep. vignettes worked. So, like, when the Rio debuted, it worked because the fans knew who he was. He had the limo. 
he had the pyro, he had the personal announcer, and he was he was Latino. So everything about him was just different from anything that WWE had really seen since Eddie. He was like a hybrid, because when he first debuted, it was like a hybrid of Eddie, JBL, and Randy Orton. And his moveset was consisting of like a lot of stiff kicks. So it was very, very, it was different, and it was just fresh. And he would go out there and just have really fresh matches that no one had seen before, like the Rio against Rey Mysterio, the yep. Rio against Christian, the Rio against yep. Edge, the Rio against Randy Orton. Like, Morton, it was just, yeah. he was just fresh. It was very fresh. And what happened was gradually over a period of time, I don't know if it was creative differences or not, but over a period of time, one by one, they took away the things, the smoke and mirrors that a guy like him needs. The limo was gone. The pyro was Ricardo. gone. The yep. Ricardo was gone. Uh, they turned him face when he was better off as a heel. It was like they kept stripping him of all the things that made it work. And, and they fucked up, and we've talked about this a million times. I've mentioned this. The one thing that would have made his face turn completely work, they did, but they did it at the, it was that, New Year's Eve Raw, and I've talked about this a million times, where he apologizes to Ricardo for the years of treating him like shit. You're my friend, you're my brother, and you know what? You've always been there for me. Thank you. Now let's go out and do this together. If anybody would have seen that, that would have, you know what that would have done for him? That's like on-screen character development. Yeah. Yeah. And they did it on a New Year's Eve run. I remember I was like, "Was that like one of missing. those? Was that like one of those exclusive like YouTube things nobody watches?" No, no. It was the problem was it was raw on New Year's Eve, which means it was taped like four days in advance. Oh, who, okay. Who watches raw on New Year's so, Eve? Yeah, so nobody watched. It was New Year's Eve. Right, that yeah. was the problem. And I remember the following week they didn't even go back and like recap it. Yeah. You know, with everything else they recapped, they didn't recap that. And I was like, that was the missing piece to what his face run needed. That mm. was it. That but was it. It was, he, he it definitely, was 20 seconds. It was a lot. But that was mm-hmm. it. But that that was definitely the, the that was definitely the the real that um that that was hot and that fans like he's very good he just needs smoke and mirrors and the problem is and I think this is on both parts it's on the real's part or El Patron part whatever he wants to be called it's on his part and it's on the part of whatever company he works for. I feel like because of his success, and, you know, he has been successful. He can say WWE held him back all he wants, but he was successful there. Because of his success, a part of him probably feels like he probably feels like he doesn't need smoke and mirrors, but he really does. Um, yeah. And the company that he works for needs to realize that as well. But to his credit, Chris, how many times do you see a multi-person act? And then when only one part of the act shows up somewhere, people start chanting for the other part of the act. To his credit, and it's been like four years since he's been away from Ricardo, at least when he, and it's early, we'll see what the next set of tapings brings, you do not get 
the people chanting, you know, for Ricardo. You know, like that's true. Because that was a big part of what mm-hmm. he was in WWE. Was you know Alberto mm-hmm. Del personal ring announcer. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know he's been able to put that part behind him. He has. Some you know, people and, just uh, and some, some guys just can't do that. Like I'll be honest back. with you. I'll be honest with you. As much as I love him, and I, I don't think now Mike Bennett could do it without Maria. I think oh, they yeah, latched on to each other too much, and it's mm. not a bad thing. It's just the way it, you know it is with certain people. I think you know you get recognized as part of an act. Yeah, I'll that, be honest with you too. Like I'm sorry that uh, that Matt Taven had that really horrific injury with his uh, ACL. I know he's healed and he's performing now. He's a he's a good talent, but I'll be honest. Like I never really, I wasn't really that into him that much. But that kingdom thing he had, where it was him, Maria, and Bennett, like they oh, were awesome. Yeah, and I now with the other guy with the injury, you know what? This this might make sense. <laughs> yeah, maybe they can go back there. You know, I like the team. You know, it's weird. Like yeah. I never liked Cole or. Or Taz as commentators, but as a duo together, they just kind of had a chemistry that I always mm-hmm. liked. So, but um, yeah, to his credit, Del Rio has been able to separate away from that, and not not a lot of guys can do that. Not he also kind of took advantage. That. He kind of took advantage of the whole Daniel Bryan yes thing too, in a silly way. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, but uh. Yeah, so like like I was starting to say about, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe maybe I should have let some people jump off the roof yesterday. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. But I am not buying Lesnar Reigns for WrestleMania 34 as the main event. I'm not. Me neither. I could see them doing it. You know, like if you're going to do Cena Taker... You know, if you want to do Reigns-Lesnar on the undercard of it, you know, really try to sit there and say, how can we really stack this card? I could see that, but saying that it's going to be the main event for the title and we're still three weeks out of Mania 33, I'm not buying it. I'm not. And, like, you know, there's a million other things that can happen, but... I just I can't see them going realistically if that would be the case almost a full calendar year with no full-time champion on Raw. I just I I can't see it. I I can't. And I know the draft is going to come and I know, you know, some guys are going to move. It looks like AJ to Raw, it looks like New Day to SmackDown or they're going to be the two big ones, but I you know, I can't see them going over a year with no full-time champion on Raw. Don't see it. I don't. And then also, you know, you got to get through this WrestleMania because how many times, oh, well, you know, they, they saw what happened at WrestleMania and made a decision to do this, do that. When Reigns gets booed out of Orlando, his home state, and with the fact that you've mentioned it a lot, that Vince might be at a point where this is make or break time for Roman, What's to say Roman's going to be a top guy this time next year? What's to say Roman's going to be a face this time next year? There's no way. They've got to change something up. Uh, I, don't, I don't hate Roman, but um, 
Now, this is probably something else. I guess this is a, a transition process well, to another quick topic. With Roman, real quick with Roman, here's the problem. And I don't know if it's Vince. I don't know if it's creative. But they can't get out of their own way with him. You had Roman kind of slight The Undertaker two weeks ago on Raw. You have Roman Monday night with Shawn Michaels. You know, they go back and forth, and Roman ends it with the dick comment of, well, Undertaker retired your, you. you he know. comes off, who, what he's doing is he's coming off like as a, Roman's coming off as like, I won't say a junior. He's coming off like as a sophomore from JV. And it's like these varsity dudes are giving you know him what? advice. That's fine. Then the problem is they have Strowman attack him. And that's like, yeah. now you're going to put him in the monster face position again. Like, I'm not saying you got to turn him they, for they, the they match at Mania. You can, you can tell they can't make up their minds. Right. I think the I, original plan saying, was they wanted to do Strowman taker, but I guess someone yeah. felt that Strowman wasn't ready, so they're doing... Uh, personally, I, I'd rather see Taker Strowman. It would be a nice yeah. throwback to Taker fighting monsters at Mania. You like know how what, used though? To. Get Taker to work SummerSlam. Do Taker Strowman at SummerSlam where Strowman would have a legit chance to beat him mm-hmm. and get put over by Taker. Do, do that. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like... I'm not saying you got to turn Roman full heel for Mania. But you know what? Leave that kind of douchey you know, edgy character, you know, and maybe people will walk up to him. You do that, and he's even looking back, giving Sean like this, look at disgust, like, who are you to talk to me? And then, boom, here comes Braun. He's and despite the, fact awesome. that, despite the fact that Braun is, you know, getting these great reactions over Roman, but at the end of the day, it's not going to change how they're going to book the match at Mania. And, and that's... That's the problem. And Brooklyn Monday night? Ooh. And Philly on next Monday? Uh, wasn't, that the place, wasn't that the place with the really bad rumble, Philly? Yeah, and they're going back. Oh, man. They're going back to Philly for the rumble in 2018. Oh, God. And anybody who thinks they're going to book Philly again to get to Mania again, I don't see, I don't see it. I don't <laughs> see it. You know, and, and, you know, that's why, like, I just I, I, I just can't get involved. Like, I said it to Aaron today. Next year's WrestleMania event is going to be blah, blah, blah. It's slowly turning into so-and-so's coming back and is going to be in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you can't, 13 months out, you don't know what the fuck's going to happen tomorrow. You know, Roman could walk, walk down the stairs, slip, and Blow his patella tendon out. <laughs> you know, like, stop. You know? Yeah, I, I didn't take that report too seriously. No, and, and everyone's <laughs> acting like it's fucking gospel and like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, uh, you know, I tried to be the voice of reason about it, but you know what? Maybe, you know what? Jump off the roof. If you feel that strongly about it, you know what? Jump off the bridge. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> you know? And, like, the same thing, too, you know, just real quick to jump on some news tidbits. Like the Hogan thing. Oh, Hogan said he's not going to be at Mania. They're not bringing him back. You think Hogan, two and a half weeks out, is going to sit there and say, yeah, I'm going to be at Mania? You think he's going to ruin the surprise? Hell no, he's going to tell you, no, I'm not going to be at Mania. You know, how many other guys have done that? No, I'm not going to be at this, I'm not going to be at that. And the next thing you know, they show up. 
you know, I'm sure if he asked the Hardys on Friday afternoon before, you know, Manhattan Mayhem, I'm sure Matt wasn't going to tell anybody, yeah, I'll be there tonight. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. God. You know, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I just, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I, I, I'm not. <laughs> you know, I, I said it to Aaron. T- start talking to me about WrestleMania main events when you start hearing shit in October, and it's batshit crazy. That's the shit that probably is, gonna, is what it's going to be. Yeah, that sounds a lot more likely. You know, when you hear the batshit crazy Cena match, no, that will never happen. That's probably going to be Cena's match. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, like, fuck. You know? Um, I did want to, you know what I want to ask you, because we weren't on last week at all? Mm-hmm. Do you think Daniel Bryan's going to be an idiot in 18 months? Yeah, probably. I think what may change his mind is him being a father, because, you know, I don't have a kid, you have a kid. I've, I've been told by many people that when you become a parent, like, it changes your mindset. It does. But, but it doesn't it does. really happen until, like, you see the kid for the first time. Yeah. So I'm thinking when he finally has his daughter... That might change his mind, but as he is right now, I totally see him leaving. I can I can totally see him leaving right now. But I think when Bree gives birth, that might change his mind, and he might reconsider because you don't want to be paralyzed while raising a kid. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, so. that, that's kind of like what I was, you know, what I was thinking too. Because yeah, I mean, the day before my son was born, I didn't mm. think anything was going to change. You know, and I, I didn't think I was going to have to do anything different than what I did the day before. The minute my son was born, yeah, life did a complete, and not in a bad way, but mm. you're right. Life does a complete, it changes everything. And I'm hoping, I'm glad you went there. I'm hoping that's the saving grace in all this. I think the reason why he might probably leave as he is right now is it comes down to reasonable doubt when you've seen, like, five or six doctors and four of them give you the okay, but, like, two of them say, well, wait a minute, you should look at this, or one of them says, eh, you shouldn't do this, that kind of reasonable doubt can make a person think that nothing's wrong with them. So it's one thing, like, if you see five doctors and four of them say no and one of them says yes, but I don't know the precise number of doctors he saw. He saw, like, four or five doctors, and, like, pretty much all of them told him he was ready to go. Then he saw one more doctor and was like, actually, you should probably retire. So stuff like that in an athlete's I, head yeah. makes them think, well, I can probably still go. Like three out of four, you know, that's a good sign, right? That's why I think if his contract expired tomorrow, he would go. But I hope that when Bree gives birth, he'll change his mind about it. So Yeah, that, that's that's kind of what I hope for, too, you know, and, and you know, like, like you said, you mentioned being a father. It, it does change a lot, and, and that's that's exactly what it is. I mean, listen, would I love to see Daniel Bryan in the ring again? Absolutely. You know, this is not a, you know... You know what's crazy? His last match is cursed. Sheamus, the concussion. Um, that last match he had on WWE television was, uh, I believe it was Bryan and oh, Cena. Oh, was that the tag title match? The tag team match? Yeah, it was Bryan That's and right. Cena against Cesaro and Kidd. And it was like, That's after true. that match happened, everybody in the match got hurt. Brian has to retire. Kid is basically gone. Cesaro got hurt. And then Cena got hurt. (laughs) 
That match is cursed. And it was a random, obscure tag match. It, I it's think obvious. it was, like, a UK. I think it was in, like... Yeah. Like, they were doing, like, the UK, and it was just, like... Yeah. This it was going to be our main event. Yeah, it was, like, sometime after Mania 31. Yeah. So... Yeah, because, yeah, Cena and Brian were both mid-card champions, and mm. Kid and Cesaro were the... Tag champs. Were the tag champs. Yeah. yeah. So that last match is cursed. Just like that Shit, sometimes. That's right. I, I remember when Brian... Be- I remember, like, the post-Mania Raw that year, Brian had a match of Ziggler. It was a good match. And there was, like, a spot in the match where they were yeah, both headbutting each other. Exactly. I was just going to say that. Him <laughs> and Ziggler were just like, it was like, guys, stop. Yeah, you know, I was like, do you guys really need to be doing that? <laughs> so. Yep, and, and that was the match Sheamus came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They definitely got to, you know, it's hard to admit when things don't work. You know, people smoked back in the day because they didn't know they could get cancer and stuff. But with today's technology and what we know now, it's pretty clear that some moves, you know, should be toned down upon. I was a kid. I fucking idolized Benoit as a wrestler and the stuff he did in the ring. But as an adult now, it's pretty clear that stuff like the flying headbutt and the suicide dive that he did didn't do him any favors. No, that's what led to, mm -hmm. you know, two, two nights in June. You know, I, if it was up to me, like, and I might get like some shit for saying this, but if it was up to me, like, any form of headbutt would be banned in wrestling. Suicide dive, I'm not against it, but but it's, get, one, it's getting it's getting to a point. What's hurting the suicide dive, and I respect the athleticism of wrestlers that can attempt it. What's hurting the suicide dive is it's a move that is supposed to be meant for cruiserweights. Yep. And now you're seeing regular-sized dudes to big-sized dudes doing it. Luke Harper's doing it. Uh, Big E is doing the spear Big off E's the gonna apron. Kill yeah. Big E is going to kill himself. I'm not, yeah. no, I'm not saying that to be funny. He is going to kill himself doing that, doing that. One of these days, he is. So when those guys are doing suicide dives, it takes away from when guys like TJ Perkins and Neville and Austin Aries do it. And another thing that I'm not really a fan of, and at first it was an indie thing that I would see at Ring of Honor, but every now and then you'll see it in WWE too, is I hate it when wrestlers will do like three suicide dives in a row. Well, like they'll hit one, go back in the ring, hit two, go back mm-hmm. in the ring. And then Jay Lethal does that all the time. Seth Rollins does it. And then sometimes like when Rollins does it, he'll do two. And then like on the third one, he'll jump over the top rope. Like you don't want to... You don't want to pull the trigger once, but three times, because each time you do it, suicide dive. It's like it's one of those moves that I think could stay, but it's like wrestlers are starting to get a little too comfortable, <laughs> and it's like you know the more you use it, the more chances you're gonna botch and mess up. So, um, eh, but the headbutt should definitely stop. All forms of the headbutt, flying headbutt, um, using a headbutt as a move. Like if it was up to me, if I was a wrestling promoter, there would be like. No headbutts, period. And I know a lot of fans would be like, oh, you're a pussy toe. I don't care. After what happened with Benoit, I think it's very clear that uh, there's no headbutts. Um, Christian, I love Christian. He did a headbutt, too. His headbutt wasn't as death-defying as Benoit, but he did a headbutt. Um, Daniel Bryan did a headbutt as well. Um, the Pope on commentary in TNA, he would do the headbutts. And that's why he's, like, part-time. You know, he does commentary. He Pope still wrestles. He wrestles like a lot of local indies, but he's just not interested in working like on TV anymore because 
He has. He doesn't necessarily have. He uh, he's a good, he's a good guy to talk to. He's one of the first people that added me as a friend on Facebook. I've talked to him before. He's never had like a really bad concussion, but sometimes he's described to me symptoms that sound like a concussion. Like if he kept working, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, I know one guy I worry about too is Jack Gallagher. He likes to do that headbutt a lot too. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> and needs to tone down on that because it's just a matter of time. Because Jack, what I worry about Gallagher, what, what what worries me about him is he's over and the fans like him. So I can see him being like when WWE, like I'm gonna, like the cruiserweight thing is still very early. We're not a full year into it yet. So, you know, I'll give it the rest of 2017. But sooner or later, and I'm just giving WWE the benefit of the doubt here, but sooner or later, you know these cruiserweights are going to start working with guys outside of their division, you know, like Aries and Neville and all those guys. And what I worry about Gallinger is due to the size difference, what if Gallinger goes out there one night and has a match of like Rusev or let's see, who is, who's not a good example? What if Gallagher has, like, a match with Jinder Mahal? Like, Jinder Mahal, I know it's really random. But due to the size difference, like, if a guy is the same size as you, you don't got to hit the headbutt that hard. But if a guy is, like, much taller than you, you're going to have to jump a little bit, put more emphasis in the headbutt. And what if you overdo the jump? Have you ever had that mm-hmm. before, like, when you're walking and you, like, overstep yeah. the jump? I can see, like, him doing that and, like, knocking himself out. I worry about that with Gallagher. I feel like mm-hmm. as long as he's working with the cruiserweight guys, He'll be okay, but I can totally see him fucking himself up. Yeah, but you know, what I, you know what worries me with the Cruiserweight guys, and we, we've talked about this before, and, and this ties into the thing with Gallagher, because I'm afraid a guy like him, especially because of his size, he may feel he may need to step up his game, which he probably doesn't. He'd probably be one of the guys that are safe, but like yeah, we talked about, yeah. sooner or later, they're going to start looking at some of these guys you know, okay, do we need a Lince Dorado? Do we need, you know, we've talked about this before, and, you know, okay, you know, the next 30 days we're going to be evaluating guys, and you don't need a guy like Gallagher to be to think he has to go, you know, overly crazy. And uh, something. I'll tell you who I'm worried about, man. Uh, I'm, I'm actually worried about Luke Harper, and I could be wrong. I think he's going to get lost, and the reason I feel this way, and, again, I appreciate what WWE's trying to do, but the problem is, you can you can only have so many big guy pushes at a time. What makes Michael Elgin work in New Japan, he's the only big guy there. Mm-hmm. So he's Elgin. What, what worries me about Harper, to be honest with you, is not even so much because he's small even com- – this is going to sound weird, but you'll get what I'm saying – He's yeah. small compared to forget about Strowman. He's small even compared to Corbin. You know. Yeah. Well, what's going on right so, now is so I feel like. That. And then on top of that, I mean, there's a lot of reports that he's going to end up back with Wyatt. And they're going to be the a, original Wyatt family, and. And I've apparently, seen, he's not a fan of that. He he's not. You know. Yeah. And I. That's why I'm worried guy, about him. He's a guy you got to worry about frustration setting in. and I, I mean, I don't know what his contract status is or nothing like that, but I could see him. If they put him back in the Wyatt family and he's just a genetic side guy to break. Now, if they put him and Rowan back together and maybe they get the tag titles, then that, maybe that's a different story. That's but if probably they just what they're going to do. If they just put him back in as the guy that gets beat before, mm-hmm. you know, you face Bray, I could see him turn around and be like, fuck this. <laughs> 
Well, what I'm worried about right now is uh, I, I fear for the future of Raw. Uh, it's not going to be in full effect probably because, you know, there's going to be the whole draft and that's all that's going to change stuff up. But right now, until the draft happens, I think this is going to be noticeable, especially around August and stuff. When NXT had developed their little, their, their, uh, I don't know if it had a name or not, I think it was called like the um, the NXT 5 or the NXT 6, you know, that photo that Triple mm-hmm. H took a few years ago. It was mm-hmm. like, who was it? It was Owen, it was Dollar, Neville, Owen, all those dudes in the Neville. same picture. Right. Yeah. So it was like you were protecting all those dudes at the same time. So it's like I'm just looking at this potential roster. So you mean to tell me that like as early as June or July, we could have a raw roster of Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor, all those guys and one brand, that's too many dudes you're protecting. So if you're a Rusev, I know he's hurt, but let's just say he wasn't. Right. But if what, you're what a Rusev, even Sheamus, even he's going to get lost now, against all those guys. So you, you're pushing all these. So it's like I'm looking at these big, at this big, all the big guys they're pushing. So you're pushing Joe. Oh, and they're probably getting Styles. Yeah, and Styles, right? And AJ Styles. WrestleMania. Right. Yeah. So, so it's supposedly, like, okay. that's where, supposedly Styles is staying fired, but he's going to fight AJ at WrestleMania, and then he's going to get signed to Raw to debut the night after Mania. Right. So, yeah, you've got works, AJ Styles. Right. So it's like right now you've got, like I was saying, Elgin works in New Japan because he's the only big guy there. Moose works in TNA because, he's you know, he's a very big guy, and, and he's one of the few big guys there. So it's like you got Joe you got Owens, you got Strowman, you got Lesnar, you got Corbin, you got Harper, and eventually guys like Big Domo and Hero, if things go well, will eventually get the call up too. There's too many, there's too many big dudes. You can't push them all at once. Some of them are going to get lost, or if not get lost, they're going to make a decision on who's more of a priority to push right now. And well, then, it's, not, it's not even that. You know who becomes endangered? Because not that they would do it, but you always have the option. All right, I don't know. I I didn't count, but let's say you name twelve guys. Yeah. All right. You know what? This is too much. Send four to SmackDown, mm-hmm. just because we can't fill a show with you know all these guys. That's fine. But mm-hmm. then what happens to you? End up losing guys on SmackDown. You know what happens to a Kalisto? What happens to, you know, an Apollo Crews? What happens to a Mojo Raleigh? What happens even to a Ziggler? You know, you know that's, that's the problem is that, you know, it's one thing to sit there and say, oh, well, fuck it, we'll just make the dream roster. Okay, but you still got a bucket of probably, I don't know, maybe 10 to 14 guys that what the fuck are you doing with? Yeah, so that's kind of the issue that WCW had in '97. WCW '97 was a, was a, one of the best rosters in wrestling history, but you had too many guys that were protected. Take Lesnar like, out because Lesnar probably won't be back until SummerSlam. But still, even if two, so yeah. even even if you take Lesnar out, then we're potentially it's looking still, at a roster yeah. that's going to have Roman, Rollins, yeah. AJ, Balor, 
Nakamura, Strowman. There's yeah. too many dudes. It's, it's still a lot. You, you know. Yeah, we're gonna have to do some trades. Some of these guys are gonna have to uh, uh, end up on SmackDown to balance it out. I mean, it's gonna be good TV because you're gonna have all these. It's gonna be cool seeing like all these guys on one show. But like, I know he's hurt. But like, if you're a Rusev or a Sheamus or a Cesaro or a Zayn, like if I'm one of those guys, I think Cesaro and Zayn would be well, especially Zayn because Zayn was in the picture. But yeah. I think a Cesaro and a Zayn will be fine because between the in-ring and the fact that people love them, I think they would they would be fine. But you're right. What does the Sheamus do? Yeah, Sheamus and Rusev do? are totally getting sacrificed. Especially especially with Rusev now being out of the picture for so long. You know, out of sight, out of mind. You know, next thing you know, you're a forgotten man. You're, you're sitting there. You're showing up at TV saying, hey, I've been cleared for nine weeks already. You haven't done anything with me. And what's crazy you know, about Rusev is, like, he had the monster. Uh, was he a monster uh, this year or was it last year? Was he a monster? La- yeah, he was a monster last year. He was a monster last year when he was killing Kalisto. And then he uh-huh. ran into the Roman Reigns wall. And uh, since the Reigns feud, and, and I'm not I'm not going to go to Vladimir Kozlov route yet, but since the Reigns feud, you could argue that um, he's kind of not necessarily been – comic relief but he's been in comical storylines like with Enzo like it was kind of like kind of comical but not really like mm-hmm. he hasn't he hasn't gone the full Vladimir cause I heard I heard the storyline with Enzo and this makes sense with what their mentality is I've heard the story with Enzo was Vince is big on testing couples relationships oh yeah that, that's and I heard Part of the thing with the Enzo storyline was, will Rusev be able to handle when Lana's in a storyline, you know, that maybe, you know, deviates a little. That's what I, that's what I heard about about the Rusev, uh, Lana, and Enzo well, you can You can clearly see that Rusev is not as comfortable as Lana when they did that really bad Ziggler storyline like Lana was all over Ziggler and I remember like when Rusev and Summer Rae took their pictures on Twitter and Instagram they had like the picture day (laughs) I think think Rusev like kissed Summer like on the cheek you could tell like he wasn't as into it as Lana was so he's probably one of those that's the shit that Vince Vince will pick you apart for yeah he's going to end up like Jomo at that rate so (laughs) oh god poor Jomo oh man God damn it, stand up to him. And, and <laughs> that's what Vince wanted. Vince would have, even though Jomo would have gotten his ass kicked, I think all Vince wanted to do was have Jomo just stand up to Batista and be like, yo, yeah. cut the shit. I kept, telling, I, I, I kept telling folks for years that one random Extreme Rules pay-per-view where it was like, who was it? Cena, John Morrison, and Miz? Yeah, in that cage match, whatever it was. I kept telling yes. folks that if uh, if John Morrison had stood up to Batista, he would have won the title that night. <laughs> People were like, you're crazy. Yep. So if I'm like, no, nah, man, he would have won. Oh, he would have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would have, like, he would have, like, rolled up Miz and, and yeah, he, but, yeah, he would have, yeah. I'm tell- That's all Vince wanted. Vince, and he would not have been upset if Jomo would have gotten his ass kicked. Vince understands that shit. But it's about the Vince principles, just, yeah. Yeah, Vince just wanted him to stand up and, like, yo, defend yourself, respect yourself, respect your woman. And I've when Morrison some, was like, Yeah, nah. I've, I've heard a lot of stories about that. I've heard, I've heard implications from Jericho. I've heard implications from Punk that Vince used to rip Kofi a lot. Uh, Kofi has been asked about it in interviews, and he always laughs. So the fact that he hasn't disagreed 
to yeah. me. Yeah, he gets uh, like, screw. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard stories that, like, Vince used to rib Kofi because he just thought that Kofi was too nice. And so he yep. would just rib Kofi. Uh, who else did I hear? There's another story I forgot. Damn, what's the story I forgot? There's another. Oh, yeah, Unico, Unico. The story I heard about Unico, this one's really obscure. I think I read this, like, in 2012. Apparently, the story for Unico is Vince was, like, at a random SmackDown taping, and there was, like, some random... SmackDown was bad back then, so who knows? That was, that was during, like, the forever-ending Dario Sheamus feud that died a oh, horrible God. death. Right. 2012, so, yeah. Yeah, that, that was a pretty bad time. Um, from what I heard about Unico, uh, Vince was, like, at a SmackDown taping, and there was, like, some kind of segment. And I guess there was a bunch of wrestlers in the ring that had been given roles to do. But then Vince, got a, he got, like, on, I guess, the back, the backstage headset. And he was feeding different lines to the wrestlers to do something different from what they were told. And apparently Vince likes to do this to see how the performers How good act you are, like, on the fly, on, yeah. on, on the fly. And according to what the story said... Unico was it was like some random six man match or something I don't know it was like a six person match or something and but according to the story Unico was like the only person that was able to do everything Vince said like on the fly this was when he was posing uh this was like uh, like a dark match for superstars or something so apparently Vince was very impressed with Unico's ability to uh just do stuff on the fly and so when the Sankara stuff didn't work out that's why Unico became Sankara. And there's people that are kind of like, oh, why is Unico still here? Like, why is he still there? It's because Vince likes him, you know. I'm willing to guess that probably JTG is probably similar. That's why he was there for so long. Maybe R-Truth, too, because there's just some guys that really don't do that much or add much R-Truth to the product. Supposedly, supposedly the story is with R-Truth is that, and this is kind of also what buried Van Dam was R-Truth, the Iraq shows, when they used to go to Iraq, that's like, that was like numero uno on Vince's thing. Like, everyone thinks WrestleMania is the most important thing. Supposedly right. it was going to Iraq. Mm-hmm. And the story with Van Damme is, like, they asked, they asked Van Damme, like, are you going? Like, it was never mandatory. But it was always, like, one of those things, like, I'm not telling you you got to go, but wink, Probably you got to go. go. <laughs> yeah. And Van Damme turned around and said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to spend the time with my wife and hang out. And that, like, what did Van Damme. And, like, our truth never said no to, like, anything on the tours. And apparently, I think R-Truth, like, saved Vince. Like, Vince, like, something happened, and R-Truth stepped in. And also, like, R-Truth and Vince, like, there's that picture of them laughing together. Yeah, they're clearly good friends. R-Truth and Vince, apparently, I I remember reading that, like, because those flights are so long, like, when everyone else would be, like, passed out, understandably, like, sleeping, R-Truth would stay up and, like, talk wrestling with Vince and talk life with Vince and... Right there, like, Vince, like, fell in love with him. Mm. Oh, no truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've heard, I've heard that, 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 yeah, that, you know, sometimes the little things are what are what matters. But And then also, you know, what, what hurt Jomo, too, was you won't stand up to Batista, but you'll fucking blow off Trish Stratus at WrestleMania. Yeah, that wasn't good. That, yeah. So, uh, that was a death sentence right there. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. If he would have stood up to Batista and, and just whatever at Mania, like, raised Trish's hand, because I think that's all she wanted to do was, like, 
just let, let's let's all raise our hands and like Jomo like walked away from her. Yeah, Jomo would have won the title at Extreme Rules. <laughs> yeah, you know sometimes you got to go by the old saying, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I've heard yeah. stories for a while that Melina had a bad attitude. And yeah, I've heard that like, too. That she was a nightmare. Yeah, and it was weird because she 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 showed up. Oh yeah, another thing, uh, Lucha Underground. It is on Netflix now. Uh, season yeah. one and season two are on Netflix, but. She showed up in the season one finale of uh, Lucha Underground at Ultima Lucha, and they made it seem as if like she was going to be on season two. But then in season two, she was gone, and John she Morrison, like, yeah, was yeah. So, her attitude was like garbage, apparently, and you know Lucha's telling you to get lost. Yeah, you I've know? always I always felt probably the worst scenario he could possibly be in is if you had like Awesome Kong, Melina, and like Rebby Sky in the same room. That probably wouldn't end well. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> hashtag fuck that owl. Whatever that yep. means. She's calmed down. She's calmed down this week. And I, I think you were right. I, I think someone had to tell her, like, cool it. Yeah, cool that you, shit You said off. it last week. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's understandable. You know what? I mean, I mean, say what you will, but yeah. She, fuck she can't, you can't pull that stuff if you're in WWE. It's going to get them fired. It's going to make the PR I, look I bad. I can't, wait, I can't wait to see her fucking... The day Stephanie books something she doesn't like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Those, but, oh. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, what TNA did, I mean, that, that's beyond fucking shitty. Like, you hit you hit Ring of Honor with that late in the afternoon, the day of the pay-per-view. Like, that's bullshit. You know, mm-hmm. and the pay-per-view providers. And I didn't know this. I didn't know Samuel Benjamin was a father. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her. That's her. I, I, I didn't know that. And, well, you thought you he know, was just some random guy. <laughs> I thought he was just some. You know what? I, I thought he was some random guy that like Matt Hardy knew and was like, "Come on, I'll get you in on this." Oh, uh, like Ralphus of Jericho, like Ralph. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like a friend, a friend of Hardy's that Hardy was like, "Come on, I want you to be a part of this." You know, kind of like you know how yeah. Adam Sandler has the same five guys in all his movies in one form right. or another. I thought that's I, that's why I, I just thought Senja Benjamin was a was a friend of Matt Hardy's. Not that he really worked for him, but I just thought he was a guy that you know, let me get you in on this. You know, I didn't yeah. know it was her father. So as far as that goes, um, the pettiness of it is that three people helped with the broken mat thing, and two of them are no longer with the company. Only one is still there. Um, uh, Solo Monster interviewed Dave Lagana. It's actually on YouTube. It's just a Solo Monster Dave Lagana interview. It's only about an hour and about an hour and five hours yeah, and it, minutes. It was Billy, Matt, and and Borash. Oh, yeah, and Lagana. Lagana helped, too. Um, oh, yeah, Borash was like the cam- was like the film guy. So, realistically, if you're trying, and no, not to knock on Borash, but the fact that Borash was just pretty much the liaison for TNA doesn't give Borash any, you know, well, any credence to it. Well, well, here's what Lagana said in, in the interview with uh, Solo Monster. He was the creative writer. And he's he's written WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor. The first half of the interview was just Solo Monster, just asking him questions about what it was like to work for WWE. And then the other half of the interview is him talking about like um, his time at TNA, in particular, 2016. He mentioned at the end of the interview that he had more creative freedom in 2016 with TNA than he ever had with any company in his entire career. And he credited Broken Matt to three people. 
but the actual universe idea is all that. Uh, what JB suggested was that he should just go crazy because he can't beat Jeff. So he pitched the idea, kind of like how Scott Hall pitched the crow idea. Crow to Sting. Sting, yeah. Yeah, so you can't mention Sting Crow without mentioning Scott Hall. Right. So JB was the one that was like, you should just go crazy. But as far as, like, the actual character of Brooke, like, they hadn't, JB didn't think that far. He just said, what if your character just went crazy? Like, what if Big Money Matt just went crazy? And Matt was like, okay. So that's where JB helped. Where Billy helped was Billy, he was apparently, like, you know, the filming of the final deletion and the Lee and Decay and all that was, you know, very expensive. So Billy, he was Billy the one. Billy the bill. Yeah, he paid the bill. And according to what Lagana said, he said that both the final deletion and um, and delete or decay, it was a situation where like they would be in the process of filming, but then they would stop because they didn't want to film all the way if they couldn't pay for it. And then Lagana said that Billy would call them like at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning. Like that's how late he would stay up to 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 get the money negotiations and transfer all that stuff. So Billy, he helped pay for it, and he also fought creatively with uh, Pop to make sure that it could air. And then as far as uh, what Lagana did was Lagana, the writer who just recently left TNA, he credits himself for the numerous catchphrases that Broken Matt would do, such as delightful or obsolete or like the little piano theme that Rebby would always play. Now, as far as what Matt came up with, according to Dave Lagana, uh, the Vanguard One, Dallas Matt, uh, the dyed his his the white strand in his hair, that's Matt. Uh, the delete, 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 that's Matt. Uh, the brother Nero, that's Matt. Uh, King Maxwell, that's Matt. Mm-hmm. Senior Benjamin, that's Matt. The different names that Matt Hardy comes up with: the Hardy Compound, the mm-hmm. Zone of Impact, the Bucks of Youth. All that is Matt. So it's like the Broken Universe is Matt. So I guess. You can give 80% credit to Matt and 20% to the three guys I just broken had. Down, yeah, bro- split up and broken down to the other guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, because I, from everything I keep hearing, and this is another reason why we don't jump at the first thing we see, is they're done after Lakewood. That that ladder match at, what is that, Supercard of Honor? Mm-hmm. They're done. And, I mean, I saw something last week that said pretty much they're going, they're already in the process of medical. So, they should probably, I know it's not something that fans would want, but they should probably, I think right now it's probably for the better if they just uh, go to NXT because of the uh, situation of the drought of tag teams. I think that's something that they haven't realized until, I think it's something that they haven't realized they being like, you know, Triple H or whoever's in charge of NXT, I think they probably haven't realized it until the night of where it's like, wait a minute, Revival's going to the main roster, which is going to leave us with Sanity, Authors of Pain, and DIY, who probably are, are not going to go. breaking up at some point. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're breaking up at some They're, they're probably going to be broken up, and by SummerSlam, they'll probably be on the main roster. So you don't have any other teams left. So you're going to need a big team to put some life in the division. And in the meantime, while the Hardys are there, you can build and focus on your next one. Now, since you brought that up, uh, I messaged you yesterday 
that Bobby Fish, he's yep. taking indie bookings. So he's going to be leading Ring of Honor. Now, uh, Fish was offered a contract uh, by NXT uh, not that long ago, but he turned it down to stay with Ring of Honor, but the extension he signed was not that long. Short term, yeah. It was short term. So uh, right now, one of the things that they've never really been able to do consistently is, is sign a top indie team. They had the bring, Wolves bring, there. Bring them they, in together, yeah. Yeah, right. So now maybe they could get Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish to come in as Red Dragon. And if they do that, they'll really be the first big indie signing because James Storm was there, but then by the time Roots showed up, Storm was gone. And the Wolves had a tryout, and they were gone. And then when they tried to get the Briscoes, the Briscoes, you know, there's the tweet Jay Briscoe sent, and that didn't work out either. So they really have not uh, – NXT has really not had a signing of a big – well, and no disrespect to TM61. They're, they're, they're a good team, but they're not a big, like, independent team. People, the, the fans know who Red Dragon – I'm talking like a team like the Young Bucks, the Motor City Machine Guns, the Briscoes, a team like Rapongi Vice, you know, a team like that that actually has credibility and, like, Ring of Honor, TNA, New Japan, whatever. Like, so there's an option right there. Uh, I don't know what Bobby Fish wants to do. Uh, he's in great shape. I know you like him. I like him. I always forget about his age. Um, he's, in, he's in good shape there. Uh, you mentioned the Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor thing. Uh, there was, a, I think it was at that Manhattan show, they're already planting the seeds uh, Adam Cole, he um, yes. he he threatened to fire the Young Bucks, and then the Young Bucks. I like the promo because the Young Bucks, they play around a lot, but it was like they rarely ever get serious. And so yeah, the Young Bucks actually got serious, and they were like, first of all, we bought you in the Bullet Club because it was our idea. Like you, we don't work for you, you work for us. And he was like, and the only boss we answered to was Omega, not you. And they just kind of left yeah, him there. Hang on, real quick. I'm on Twitter right now. A lot of people, I guess things have turned in the last hour. A lot of stuff is starting to point that Paige may have leaked this herself. Jesus, she's she trying to get fired. fired. She's yeah. trying to get fired. There are a lot of different sites that I follow on Twitter, and they're not necessarily connected to each other. Like Sometimes you can tell like what sites are yeah. hand-in-hand, but a, a couple of sites are starting to, they're starting to speculate now. And even Bill Pritchard, who writes for WrestleZone, Mm-hmm. Um, he's even starting to speculate that this might be this might be an attempt to get to get fired this week. I know she was with Del Rio when uh, he debuted at the um, mm-hmm. at the Impact taping, so she probably mm-hmm. wants to go with him. Yeah. It's crazy because I I remember I said that um I I know this is going to sound silly I think that um if you do an on screen relationship with Paige and Dario on WWE television. So I actually odd. think they're so I, I, odd and I know so it's, different. I know it's that odd. it would work. I, yeah, I, it I would always, work. Yeah, I feel like if they just did that on TV, it probably would have elevated them both because it would have elevated Dario. It would have first of all, it would have made him hate it because a lot of guys want to fuck Paige, and it would have made him hate Dario, and it would have mm-hmm. given Paige something else to do too. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not confirmed, but a lot of this thing has taken a turn since when we first got on that this was going to be like a famous celebrity. Now it's looking like, now some people are starting to suspect that she may have put it out there. I guess it's just probably coincidence and the timing of, you know, that happened at the same time. 
Um, yeah, because one person even said that they're thinking she may have asked for a release this week, and they said no. And now they're speculating that this might have been her way to get you fired. Know, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Um. The uh, like I was saying before, you brought that up. They are teasing uh, the Omega Cold thing. I guess it's going to happen at Ring of Honor. Uh, it's not going to happen in New Japan. No. Uh, speaking of New Japan, uh, I'm going to they're at the this the um, semifinals of the New Japan Cup. Yeah. What uh, the and, fuck? Yeah, and some shockers and some <laughs> shocking moments. Uh, uh, Omega lost to Ishii this, in the first this round. This is what I said to you when he announced he was staying in Japan, but wasn't staying long-term. Remember I said to you, if you're New Japan, do you want to go through this again in December into January and commit to this guy? I, I, did I not say that to you? Yeah, you did. That this is he's going to be in that weird spot, and him losing in the first round clean, just, I'm not saying that's what it is, but... Yeah, yeah. It, it gives well, it gives ammo to what I'm te- to what I was saying to you back then. Well, what I did was I I went on New Japan World and I checked out the match itself, and um the thing that they, the thing I did notice is that Omega once again did not hit the one winged angel, so they're clearly still protecting that move, or it's Omega protecting the move, so he he didn't actually hit it on Ishii. So so far, currently in 2017, he has not actually hit the move. That's literally like oh, the gosh. most protected move in the business right now. So he he didn't hit the one winged angel, and uh, Ishii beat him. Yeah. He, yeah. He, so he hasn't hit the move yet. So Ishii beat him. Uh, that was a really big shocker uh, to have a big hitter like him uh, eliminated in the first round. Uh, another big shocker was uh, Tanahashi was eliminated Tanahashi in the first was, round yeah. by Evil because when the bracket was first revealed, I, I love that name. Evil. I, I, I do. <laughs> yeah, evil. I, I love that name. That's just great. Yeah, it's, it's a great name. And his name. opponent, Evil. <laughs> yeah, it's a great gimmick. I like I like Evil. Um, he 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 was a he was one of the many New Japan guys that Ring of Honor was doing a trade with, and when he got his exposure, and it wasn't his fault. It's, it's just it is what it is. Sometimes timing is bad timing. Basically, he was like a face. He was a he was a face Japanese wrestler, and he would just go in there and he would suplex you. But what hurt him was right around the time that Ring of Honor started using him. This was like in 2015. It was right after WrestleMania 31, and that was when Brock Lesnar did the whole suplex city bitch mm-hmm. thing. And so every time that he would come out, the fans would just chant suplex city, or they would just chant Japanese Lesnar, which wasn't good. So he, he no. wasn't getting he wasn't getting over. So then what happened was Naito he basically went to Japan. He was like, let me take care of this guy, and so um, he helped him repackage himself as uh, Evil King of Darkness. So uh, he comes out like of a hood and, and a sight like right, right, <laughs> right. Really but, but as you said, but as you say, you got to put like the evil in it. So like now he's with Naito's crew. Uh, evil was the first person to um, he was the first person to join Naito. And his group. So just like how Luke Harper is like Bray's first disciple, Evil mm-hmm. is like Naito's first disciple. So Evil has, he's traditionally been kind of like a, the enforcer of Naito's group. And he's never really been like in a title picture or anything. He's always usually just like in a six-man or he's just guy, helping yeah. Naito. He's, he's... But 
But now it seems like New Japan is really high on him. So when he had a match with Tanahashi, I just figured, oh, okay, it'll be a good match. But in the end, Tanahashi will prevail. But no, he beat him. He, he beat Tanahashi clean. So I was like, wow, that really caught me off guard. So right now, mm-hmm. the, the final four for the New Japan Cup is... Uh, Evil, Ishii. Ishii, uh, Shibata, and uh, yeah, Bat Luck. And, 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 uh, yeah. and, and Bat Luck Sale. Uh, I apologize. I got my facts mixed up. It turns out the New Japan Cup winner can challenge any belt they want, just like the G1 Climax. The difference between the New Japan Cup and the G1 Climax is the New Japan Cup is a traditional, like, King of the Ring tournament. It's usually, like, 12 people, and it just narrows down to, like, two. Whereas the G1 Climax is, like, a long-running tournament that goes on for, like, two, three months, and it's got, like, a loser's bracket. It's like a double elimination, you know, one of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. It's more kind of like tennis or whatever. So... I believe uh, the first round is uh, Batlet Fale against, who's the enforcer of the Bullet Club, he's good too, against uh, Evil. So basically it's the enforcer of the Bullet Club against the enforcer of Naito's group. And the second match is uh, Ishii versus Shibata. Uh, New Japan's booking is very different. Uh, a friend of mine who's like a big New Japan nut, he just tells me that when I watch it, don't try to overanalyze it. And he just says that the, their booking is, is, is just very different. He swears to me that somehow by the summer, Omega is going to be IWGP champion. But I'm just sitting here trying to figure it out because I'm like, well, he kind of lost the tournament, and he's kind of feeding with Cole, so I, I don't exactly see how. Here's what some fans think. Um, apparently, uh, in the G1 Climax, the champion is allowed to compete as well, just in case they lose, so it's like a plan uh, B sort of. Right, so I champion, see where this is going. Right, so apparently what happened last year was in a G1 Finax bracket qualifier last year, Ishii actually fought Okada, and uh, uh, Okada is the leader of a faction called Chaos. It's like the only mm-hmm. face faction there. It's like Chaos and everyone else is like heel. And apparently in a qualifier, Ishii, he beat Okada. But because it was a G1 qual- qualifier, it wasn't that a title was on the line. But right. at the time, Okada was still the champion. So some he was trying think, to back him up a shot just in case he lost the title. Right, He'd have an instant. Right, yeah. right. So what fans think is going to happen is Ishii is going to win, and then he's going to cash in for the title shot that he never got. And then okay. he'll beat Okada and become the IWGP champion. But then after that, Omega will challenge Ishii, saying that when you beat me, it was a fluke. And so then they'll have a match, probably in America, and then Omega will beat Ishii to become the new IWGP champion. But then that will lead to Omega Okada 2, this time with Omega as the champion. But then you could have Omega say, well, you made me work for my match, so I'm going to make you work for yours. So you're going to have to win a G1 Climax just like I did. And so that's how you could do like Omega versus Okada 2 and reverse by having them do that way. It would be it would be a little weird to do it that way, but there's one method. Um, Shibata's cool, but right now Shibata he's kind of like in a mini feud with Cody. Um, he's no That's longer. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Cody wanted to. Didn't Cody want to work with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still like in a mini feud with Cody. Uh, he did just drop the never open weight title, and I believe he lost one of his British titles to Zach uh, Saber Jr. So he is free. So if there's a time to push him into like a bigger picture. Now's the time, but right now he's—he's. Mm-hmm. He, he's, I think he's not going to win. Uh, probably the wild card of the tournament is Evil. You could have Evil because Naito currently he's still the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, 
you could have uh, Evil win, and then you could have Naito and Evil tease that they'll be IC and world champion respectfully, but then you could have Evo actually challenge Naito and say, I want your title. So if that would kind of be the equivalent of what, you know, they did with Luke Harper turning mm-hmm. on Bray Wyatt. So I think that would definitely be interesting. Um, but uh, Aaron thinks Ishii is going to win. I, I can see Ishii winning. Um, I w- wouldn't mind if Evo won. So, but that's what's going on with the Japan Cup. But, yeah, the booking is very strange. And uh, you, you did call the Omega thing, the fact that he took so long to resign. And not even that. It's not that he took long to resign. It's just, you know, they start offering longer-term contracts to lock guys in, and he turns around and says, no, I'm still only taking one year. That, that's, the, that's where I think he's stuck. It's not that he waited. It, uh, you know, it's the fact that, well, wait a second, you know, we don't run every week. So, you know, you want us to build to this thing. For what to be, to be back doing this with you in December anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's the thing. You know. Yeah, uh, I, I that, guess. That. I, I guess Omega will. Um, I know. I know Cole has some type of lump on his head. I, I don't know how he got it, but I know he mentioned on Twitter that uh, he's trying to get rid of the lump very soon. I guess. You know, since since WWE probably wouldn't clear him, uh, there's like mm-hmm. a noticeable lump he has, like on the top left of his forehead. But, he probably took a shot. Yeah, probably a stiff shot or something. So I'm gonna assume that Omega versus Cole will probably be uh, a Ring of Honor. Uh, Daniels yeah. won the Ring of Honor title, so that's cool. And they're, uh, they're they're teasing. They were teasing in the in that thing where he um where he tried to fire them that. Omega, they mentioned Omega, and a lot of people think Omega's going to be at Supercard of Honor uh, WrestleMania weekend. Um, so. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, I wouldn't mind a match between those two. Uh, if they're not going to do a match, then they'll probably do some kind of angle to officially kick him out. Yeah. And, um, and then once that happens, um, I suspect that uh, – um, what Nate says is going to happen is um, they'll probably what's going to happen with like uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, uh, whatever happens with Bobby Fish, they'll wait until after WrestleMania, and then they'll wait until the draft because when the draft happens, a lot of the NXT guys will get called up, and so that's when they can use that period of time to replenish mm-hmm. the roster of of the guys. So you know, probably like around June, July is when we'll start seeing them. Uh, probably the Bobby Fish thing is definitely a less. It's probably a blessing in disguise. That's it's kind of those things that got quiet. That's definitely an option. If I was Triple H, I would definitely fight hard. Uh, no offense to O'Reilly. I mean, he's a good worker. He's a good talent. But uh, as we're seeing with Roddy, with Roderick Strong, uh, some guys are better in a team than a singles guy. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, like he's not going to light the world on fire by himself as a single star. If you do introduce him, if you bring them in as a tag team, they're going to be a bigger deal. Bobby Fish is very charismatic, and, and he can help uh, cover up Kyle's lack of charisma. And then down the road, you can just have them be singles guys. Uh, the always... key, here's the key for Roddy, and they've got him engulfed in that, you know, Ty Dillinger, No Way Jose, Sanity feud. And it's obvious at some point, probably by the draft, Dillinger's going to the main roster. So you know what, if they're, if they're going to go over Sanity, let Roddy be the guy to pin EY. You know, 
and, and get that, oh, my God, Sanity's beatable. You know what I'm saying? Like, let Roddy be that guy. You know, <laughs> not, you know, no offense to Dillinger, but if Dillinger's going main roster, let, you know, Dillinger doesn't really need it, <laughs> you know. You know, that that's my whole thing with Roddy. I think Roddy can use that because then, you know, Roddy could then maybe turn around and depending on what's going to happen with Nakamura, depending on what's going to happen with uh, Ono, Roddy can maybe turn around and, you know, face uh, Rude for the title eventually. Yeah, man, I don't want to bring the mood down too much, but uh, ho- hopefully something's there. Uh, this next NXT takeover is just looking like this might be probably the most least interesting takeover so far for me. Uh, not to be a prick, we've talked about it before. I, I just don't care about the UK title. I'm not into that. Um, they haven't done anything to make me invested in Ember Moon, so I don't care about that. That's, that's I really the one right yeah. there. That's, you know, because if, if you know, let, we'll break it. Uh, uh, is Tyler Bate going to be on that show? Is that official or is everyone kind of speculating it? It's, 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 it's a speculation. Because to me, it right. looks like they're quietly making it the secondary title, and I just okay, don't you know care. What? That's fine. You know what? Say what you will about the tournament. I didn't watch the tournament, but I get what they're doing with that. Put Bate in a position where people can see him, and you know what? You know, give another one of these guys, like a Pete Dunn or a Trent Seven or a Tommy End or Mandrews, give them some exposure. You know, with that, that's fine. That's your opener. The triple threat tag title match, it will be a good farewell for the revival. It will be a good thing to, to you know, continue that, you know, eventual divide between DIY and AOP can just look ridiculous. That's fine. You know, they're probably going to do something with Dillinger, Roddy, and Jose, and Sanity. I just told you what should happen. You know, Roddy should, whatever. Rude Nakamura, if Nakamura's going up, let Rude somehow, even if Ono's got to get involved, let Rude retain. Uh, Also give Ono a match. You know, I understand, you know, you can't announce if Ono's going to do anything because you had the title match and you got the loser leaves next week. But the yeah. match, and we've and, talked and about this another a million one. times. That's, a, that's another match I really, I re, we talked about before. I really didn't think their their match at the last takeover was that good. Um, I love Rude. I love Nakamura. But sometimes people's chemistry just don't gel. I think that when Nakamura goes on the main roster, there are people, because of his style and because he comes from New Japan, there are some guys that I think that, I'm trying to say this like in a way that's not insulting to Rude because Rude's a different kind of worker. He's kind of old school. There's some people that you can just have like a straight-up match with, and it can be good. Like I can see Nakamura debuting tomorrow and having a really good match with like a Seth Rollins, a Kevin Owens, and AJ Here's Styles. The thing with, with Nakamura Rude, I get the – I'll give – not you because I, I know you haven't said it, but – if you're going to be one of those people that are going to give me, well, they were selling the knee injury. Okay, I'll give you that because that whole match was built around the knee. Okay, I'll give you that. You better come out fucking flying in Orlando then. And if they, you're right, something was off. Something was off. It wasn't that good. 
it really wasn't that good you of a know, match. I wasn't really. I was hoping they would do something different. I was hoping they would do like Hero Nakamura and Rude like in a three way. Or nothing against Rude. I know Nakamura and Hero would have a really stiff one on one match, similar to what Nakamura had with Zayn. Like if we're, if you're telling me to choose between which one would be a better match. I think Nakamura and Hero Styles complement each other. If you're going to do Nakamura Rude, it should be like a gimmick match, not a street fight or a no DQ because it doesn't have that kind of heat. I was thinking more like two out of three falls or perhaps like a 30-minute a Man, like something mm-hmm. to something to kind of cover up the fact that their chemistry is just not that good. Rude is a good worker. He's really good. And I'm seeing some fans that are like, I'm not really impressed with him. His theme is over, not him. And it's like, you just got to wait. Like, Root is good. Like, he, he's very good. It's just what they're doing is I, I get the gimmick because Root is old. Like, I mean, he's not old, but he's older. So since he's mm-hmm. older, they got to give him the gimmick to help him out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But well, no, I really, it's not even that. But, like, if you really think about it and, and you know, say what you will about, but you know what? I know it's not Robert Rude, but this is close to what Rude always kind of was. Yeah, yeah, he was always a troll. He was always a troll. The thing about you know, Rude, as I mentioned I'm before, better, I'm better than you. You know, yeah. it's you know, the same it character. Is, he had more just, money than you, or whatever. But this was Rude. This is Rude. This is you know. Yeah. Whether you know, just because he's calling himself glorious, this is Rude. Yeah, At the I end just, of the day. Yeah, I just didn't really think their match was that good. I also no. don't like having uh I also don't like having Nakamura just just lose so quickly in such a short time span. Like they really uh he rarely lost in, in New Japan. I mean everyone should lose. I'm not saying he should just be Cena and kill everybody. But uh-huh. to have him lose so quickly the in problem, such in you know quick successions. The problem was the Joe loss, the timing of it, and we've talked about this. I, I've i said he should have lost to Joe in Brooklyn yeah. and then beat him in Toronto, not the other way around. So now he lost to Joe in Toronto. When when was that? November? That was, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Then wins they the title the back. In Japan. Right, in Japan, wins the title back, and but then loses to Rude in January. Yeah. That hurts. The booking Whereas, was weird. If he loses in August, and you know what you could have done? You could have done a fucking DQ finish in Toronto in November and then say, okay, you know, in Tokyo we're going to have him win the title. Like, I just I didn't get that whole, he, you know, he lost it only to win it back in, in Japan. Like, I, I, as far I think that's as, stupid. As far as the Ember Moon thing goes, I see it's like, the light bulb went off for them, and it was like they kind of realized that they haven't really built the character. So what they're kind of doing now at the last minute is they're trying to build up her move by having people sell it like it's like this incredible finisher, which is fine, but you can tell like it's kind of rust, like the light bulbs went off, and it was like she's they realized... Got, she's got to lose. She, well, this will do more for this mm-hmm. if she loses and then beats Asuka... In Brooklyn, not even in June or July, in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Well, she they, has to lose. Well, the good sign here is, uh, I believe, 
that there's some NXT UK uh, tour yep. posters. Yep, and, and is on the poster. Yeah, she's front that and is center. Huge. Yep. Yeah. So. Yep. I think she should. Pro- I think she should probably beat her. Have Oscar. Have her come close, but still Oscar beats her, and then you could do a rematch. But in the meantime, though, you gotta do something about Billy Kay because that just. I'm sorry, that's like a blue ball feud right there. Because when they did that fatal four-way match, I that was really the match I wanted to see more. I no offense to Ember Moon, but after seeing Billy Kay, I'm not Billy Kay. I'm sorry. What's her name again? Uh, the crazy chick, Nikki Cross. Nikki that's Cross. her name. Yeah, Nikki Cross. Yeah, because after seeing the fatal four-way, I came out of that takeover wanting to see Cross versus Oscar and not. Oscar versus Ember, and then in the next takeover, they even have Nikki screaming Oscar's name, like you know, and then they just kind of quietly shrugged it off and just went right back to the Dillinger uh, sanity feud. So during the meantime, though, they either need to have Nikki fight Oscar while you're building up Ember, or have Ember and and uh, Nikki Cross feud. That's that's what you need because mm-hmm. if if. If Nick, if Nikki fights Oscar, who does Moon fight again? You know, mm-hmm. that that's the whole thing. You know, so you know, I don't know. Yeah, but that she... that's the one they're gonna have to really that that match and that result. It's gonna be like Bailey Oscar last year. If she... how you feel about that. Is going to determine what you think about that show. Like I, I was jonesing for Oscar to beat Bailey. I didn't think they would do it, but I was jonesing for her to beat Bailey. And when they did it, I was like, "Holy shit!" And if you think about it, the first half of that card was good. Aries Corbin was eh, okay, but then Joe Baller. I don't know if it's because Joe got cut, but that was a letdown. But you know what saves that card for me? It was the fact that Oscar beat Bailey. I'll bet you. If Oscar would have lost to Bailey, I would have turned around and told you Takeover Dallas sucked. I think if if Oscar loses, I'll actually lose a little bit of respect for Triple H and NXT because it's supposed to be developmental and it's supposed to get people ready. And I feel like, um, you know, WrestleMania 29 was not a good mania. I've shitted on that show more than enough times. But the odd part was the post-mania Raw was one of the better Raws they've ever done. Everything about that post-mania Raw was good, from Ziggler's cash-in to the Shield taker tease to Ryback's heel turn. That was a good post-mania Raw with just a lot of angles and storyline progressions and stuff like that. And I feel like because of the success of that post-mania Raw, I feel like that the IWC and just the crazy post-mania fans have kind of peer pressured WWE into the expectation of seeing new people on post-mania well, Raw. The key is going to be, which will be very different for any takeover, much less this one, is they're going right back to Orlando. Usually what I think what hurts the takeovers is, you know, they'll do it in Brooklyn and then they'll tape, and a couple of matches for an episode to air, and then while we're in, we're back in Orlando taping. The fact that you're not going to lose that week, I think, it is going to mm-hmm. be very big for them this year. They, you know, they they need to decide. <sighs> see, I don't want to see Oscar turn heel. I, I I don't. I you know, 
you can have someone dominate and just be the fucking best and mm. be a face. Like, just because you dominate and kick ass doesn't mean you have to be a heel. And we're going to wrap up on this. But, you know, have her beat Ember and then have her turn heel after. So now you're building, you know, to Ember. Have, you know, you know, I mean, I... I you know, I, I don't like controversial endings all the time, but you know what? Even let Ember Oscar be a controversial ending. What I would you know? do is, well, no, no, not what I would do, but if Oscar loses to Ember, then all that really tells me is it's mania season. We need to call somebody up, and you're the person. We don't you know really have anybody. Don't. That's the one thing you don't need. You don't need another diva woman right now. Right, and if she and if she loses, if she loses, that's what I that's that's how I would see it, and because I'm I'm totally predicting like some type of swerve. Something's not right with that Alexa Bliss match because they're they're saying against every available woman, you could totally like swerve you're, you're bought, that. See, I I I'm hoping it's Naomi, but I I I think I know where you're going because I've seen a lot of people going there. Yeah. That it's gonna be Oscar. Oh, I don't, I don't. I'm not predicting Oscar per se, but I'm predict. But that's a, that's definitely an opening that they could use. Um, I I don't think. I, I put it this way. I feel like whoever's winning that match is someone that's not on TV. I could totally see Naomi coming back and winning because it's in Orlando. I could see Oscar doing it because they could write it off. I could see them giving it to like Eve Marie for like a night. I'm I'm I think predicting. She could be done. A lot of people she, seem to think she's gone. And they just haven't. They haven't they officially haven't confirmed it. Officially, but all the inklings are mm-hmm. is that she she's gone. Well, I'm, I'm predicting a, that's the only match right now in the Mania car where I'm predicting a swerve. They still yeah. haven't confirmed what kind of match it is, so I think it's going to be similar to that really bad match. You know uh, what I think AJ it's had? Be? Yeah, it's gonna. You know what it's gonna come down to? I don't think they're gonna say. And I think they're going to go into it the night of, unless they put it on, well, no, even if they put it on early in the pre-show, but I could see them turning around and saying, okay, what do we have time to do? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, we can, do, we can do a gauntlet. We've got 18 minutes. Let's do a gauntlet. Oh, we've got nine. Do it, everyone in the ring, one fall, and that's it. I think that's I I could see them just saying, just leaving it very vague, and then as they're timing out the show, turning around and saying, okay, what what are our options here? Uh, before we go, since you're doing that, uh, I hope they don't have a – I hope Rollins and Triple H uh, don't have a match. I hope it's a segment. Let it be a segment into a brawl. Um, to me, yeah, that's I, what I, I'm I think, hoping. I think it's – here's what I think real quick. I think it's going to be, you know, so Seth, here I am, or – Hey, Hunter, get your ass out here. It'll be a fight. You'll probably see Joe get involved. Somehow Seth will fight them off. Seth's music will play, and that'll be it setting the stage for the match later on. I think that's why Bala won't be back on TV, I don't think, and I think that's why Joe's not doing anything at Mania. I think they're, they're, you know, I think they're going to play it. You know, but he got clearance, but he didn't get full clearance. He got, like, partial, you know, you could do a couple of things, but you can't do everything clearance. So, I don't know. This may come down to the week of. This might. 
what I do is I just uh, I, I'll have it be a segment that will go like probably ten fifteen minutes. Uh, you know, have Triple H or whoever just in the I guess Triple H have him in the ring and a suit. Oh God! Oh well, God! You know who you know who this can tie into? Because uh, you know I hate the idea. Yeah, there's your rock appearance. How? Well, you have Rock kill time or something? No. You have you have Rollins, you know, confronted with 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 Triple H and Joe. They're kicking oh, the shit out oh, of oh, They're kicking you. the shit out of Rollins. I got you. And here yeah. comes fucking Captain Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to save the fucking day. That means Did? I guess Joe I, I guess Joe's taking a rock bottom then. God. You know, as long as Joe turns around some way or another says, fuck your family. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but yeah. But all right. Uh, So that's it for today. Uh, Let's see what happens during the weekend and Monday. Maybe we'll do something Tuesday. If not, we'll do it Friday. Okay, later. All right, later.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.